The following is an archive podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled, So I Wrote a Thing. This is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. The gods of old sat in golden rooms and discussed the churning of the universe. I handed you a Miller High Life and our hands touched briefly. I apologized, as I am wont to do. In my father's Camaro, you told me that you wanted to see other people and that I'm, I am a broken bird who treats women like wheelchairs. And I stopped to think about fucking a wheelchair and you left the car. Late at night in the company of poets, amidst anguish and beauty, I find myself caressing a chrysanthemum. The garage here smells like gasoline, so I like to hang out there and think of you. Hello, my name is Joseph Rogan, no relation, and that poem was called Mission Statement, and I wrote it in honor of our first episode of So I Wrote a Thing, and here at Boost House Midwest, I sit here with my co-host, Jerome Derrepois. Hello, how are you today, Joseph? I am doing good. I am sitting here with a steaming cup of a special strain of kombucha. Kombucha. I found my kombucha. I found myself um, disgusted with how kombucha has gone so mainstream, and this is a particular strain synthesized out of an actual uh, viral strain of it that is made in my uncle Rick's rusty wow. old so shed. Sort of a, I found it homebrew. As do you have a authentic. Special, do you have a special flavor you had to that? Um, well, I personally don't make it. My uncle makes it and he just learned what kombucha was and I believe he doesn't know it's drinkable. Well, I get smell so it from So I think here. he it's just kind of adds anything. It's very strong and it's quite pungent and it, it kind of cleans your body by almost destroying it a little bit like chemotherapy. Well, it sounds wonderful but I'm sitting here enjoying my own um, cup of chai tea that I made with uh, flaxseed and tiger balm. So, Ooh. also delicious. I can smell that as well. And to be honest, this room has taken on quite a steamy odor. It's it's very strong. It's very pungent. I'm doing a bit of a detox, I, so this is very good for us. I think. Right. I feel my pores sweating a little bit, and this is kind of the perfect environment you want to have for the first episode. Mm-hmm of our show I so i wrote a thing right here at boost house midwest in Terre Haute, indiana home of some of the most cerebral and honest poets this side of the mississippi but not past about reno right in the middle of the country in Terre Haute, indiana we are here to provide a service and that is to brighten the world with beauty of words i am a poet joseph rogan no relation i'm also a poet. And jerome derrois here we have dedicated our short lives our young lives to the study of beauty and we are here to discuss our poems the work of others the work of our friends here at boost house midwest and to discuss what brings us all together in the form of poems and really, My it's just personal words and... work, 
poetry, the thing that people don't understand is that poems are just words. It's true. Um, There's so much more than that. I consider my poetry to be cerebral and challenging. I like to think of myself as having a CIA file. While I do not reference any politicians or political movements directly, I think everyone could tell that when I talked about golden rooms, I was talking about um, the villain Donald Trump himself. And that when I was talking about a woman telling me that she wants to see other people, I was talking about my ex-girlfriend, Andrea. But also, I'm talking about Dylan and Eric, the <laughs> the, the two brave boys who mm-hmm. tagged Columbine. Timothy McVeigh. The thing about the warp of the world, the churning of the universe, is that we are all victims in it. And our poetry likes to celebrate the small moments of triumph in a overall gray existence. I agree. I think that personally for myself, I believe poetry is like this limitless torrent of feeling uh, gushing from the ever flowing stream of the soul or perhaps the absence of one and is in desperate pursuit of that. Um, it's a contradictory message of collective emotion to all of the hate and dismissive indulgences you know, the benefactors of oppression attempt to suppress the infinite current of pure being. And that's what we're here to change. And, you know, I don't like the word fight, but we are here to, well, defend that. And even the word defend seems a little rough around the edges for me. I almost prefer a, you know, you know, we're more of like, kind of passive and laying down and letting the current just wash over us and carry us where it will. It's almost like we're explorers. uh, We're searching ourselves. Um, It's like I'm in a submarine. I'm searching. I'm listening to the radar. You know, that boop, boop, boop. Boop. And I'm looking through a periscope. I'm seeking. That's just a poem right there. It could be. Um, And the the greatest thing about the poetry I'm looking to the periscope and I'm wearing a striped shirt and a sailor cap and my enormous forearms right. are tattooed with anchors. And I'm in love with right. the disgusting and I'm right string there. being. I'm in love with the disgusting string being of a woman. And me and every other man constantly fight right, over her. And I'm right there in my little sailor hat and my little big lollipop and my little suit and I'm pulling at your collars going, show me too, show me too. Um, before we go any further... I would like to discuss um, some of your work. Mm. And I'd like you to kind of tell me a little bit about when you go and you try to write a poem, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, um, poems are sort of my way to tell people people who suffer much more, much greater than I do, how to feel. Uh, They have much worse lives than mine. Um, They actually know plight. They know of want. Um, of needs, you know, money is one of the biggest factors. And these people, I think, need to know that they just need to know how to feel. And then once they begin to do that, then they can begin to heal. So um, even though I've been, you know, I have a trust fund, thanks to my parents and my family, um, I don't think about money. So it's not my problem. But these, I think people, the thing to, these people, it is a problem for them, and I need to tell them that they need to stop thinking about that. I think the thing is that poor people in general, and, you know, I will admit I'm also very wealthy, 
and I do not have to worry about many of the issues. But that allows you to kind of have a platform to discuss things other people aren't able to. You can focus on that. Yeah. And if you if if you wouldn't focus on the emotionality and the rawness of existence, then you're doing them a disservice because they have to excuse you they have to understand what they're dealing with because they're too busy working two jobs i i work no jobs i have plenty of time to to parse through the dense emotional fabric of reality for you i know that you don't have time to think about this type of stuff um i almost blame my parents of robbing me of that you know, realness, that grittiness of life. But at the same time, from my elevated little perch with my thin silken clothes, I will look down on the peasants. I will look down on the plowmen, the yeomen. And, and I will take my big quilted pen with the big frill quill at the end, and I will paint in broad strokes their lives for them. And the great thing about our form of poetry, aka is your MacBook, is your quill. My MacBook. You tape it all up on. I like to call my MacBook the creation machine it's because good. I just flow into it, and it flows back through me. And it's even though it's a machine, it's this totally organic existence. And the keys glow. It's like those words are literally glowing at your fingertips. It's very. It's like a gaming keyboard, except I would never waste time with video games. Well, I'm too busy. I, posting on the internet and changing lives and telling people things. These people, they're wage slaves and they want, they think it's good to be working and stay working. It's, do you want to be working your whole life for money and be a slave to that? Or do you want to lay in your bed uh, on Monday afternoon bored do and you want to taking selfies of you crying, you know, taking crying selfies sending them to and girls. emailing girls about how sad you, of course i mean that's huge emailing girls about how sad you are asking ex-girlfriends uh is your current boyfriend is he good to you you tell them was, if is you he want me gooder, to just say is it he gooder to you than i was if you want me to just say it and if they're if they don't reply right then you know i guess that's your answer if if i was drowning would you come save me and then if they don't reply, you just let them know what a bad person you are. Because at the end of the day, we are just these wounded little baby birds that need to be taken care of and have all of our sexual needs gratified instantly. And that's what it means to be a poet in 2017. You go on Tumblr and you find an image macro that has Marilyn Monroe right. on it. And you think, wow, I can change one thing about that. And now it's a poem that I wrote. And you know what? Lena Dunham's going to pay for it to be in Vice. That's the dream. Yeah, right. It's about taking, it's about taking photos and washing them out of color, just completely saturating them, and writing one of your own quotes in a, you know, some font, some some hip font that you see everywhere, like uh, Helvetica. There's something like that, you know? It's what poetry has become in our age. Fellow men, a woman is not a shower that you can sit down in until your butt gets a yeast infection. <laughs> a woman is something like, uh, like a candle, but stronger. Andrea, if you are listening, I still love you. And that poem is written by me, Joseph Rogan, No Relation, and it's called The Helper of Men's. 
Do you mind if I read one of mine? Please go ahead. It would be honestly, it would be my pleasure. And I know that we see each other every day and we're roommates. And we even though there's like four bedrooms in this house and we share the same room and a couple are empty, I don't tell you this enough how big of an inspiration you are to me. No, thank you very much. I feel the same. Well, this one I call true aside. I'm soft. I got a soft body. I feel. I feel so much. I feel feelings. I wear melancholy. I wear joy. I wear a hoodie all the time. I make all of my pictures black and white. I don't wash my hair. I sometimes wear a sheet over my head. A sheer sheet that blacks out the outside world just enough to protect me from its atrocities. I always wear a beanie. I light incense. Smells terrible and I get sick from it and want to Ralph. I never flush the toilet. I never shit. I hate shitting. I love to shit. I don't know how to change a tire. My stomach hurts. I'm a fuck. I'm gross and I feel great. You bitch. I can't swim. Swimming sucks. I want to swim. I eat McDonald's every day. My diet is garbage. I only eat chicken nuggets. I hate foods. I only drink Diet Coke. I'm vegan. I can't drive. I don't work. I can't do labor. I got wimp bones. I got a wimp body and I'm a huge bitch. I hate bitches. I hate women. I have to trick them to fuck me. They're morons. I'm safe. I'm never safe. You're never safe. I'm a sicko. I'm cool. I love it. You love it. I'm racist. I'm psycho. I'm normal. Thank you. That was beautiful. Jerome. Yes. And I know you can see me right now. And we're locked eyes. And you see the big, fat, ugly tears streaming down my face. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm always crying anyway, but especially after that one. Because the amount of honesty you poured into that poem, frankly, should be illegal. Because no one else should ever write poetry because you are already writing it. Well, I feel like we can always create something better, you know? I think the thing that's so honest about your poem is all the contradictory nature of it. And that's humans. I that's what we do. I have seen you in our room, in our bunk bed, and I would jump off the top bunk of the bunk bed, and I always look at you, and you have that sheer sheet over your head, and you're saying, don't talk to me. Don't talk don't to me right me. now. I tell you, I said, don't see me. And I walk out of the room, and do you know what you say? Where are you going? Come talk to me. Where are the girls at? Do you I know do, any yeah, girls that'll like get, me? I get a little bit flustered. I, I sometimes lose my cool. I start yelling at. I won't do it myself. I won't repeat that. But you know how I sound when I ask where the right. girls are I at. Mean, where are the girls? I mean, that could be a poem right there. Where are they? I'm not sure if they exist or if they ever existed. Don't they know... You know, I've yelled this at women multiple times. Don't you know who I am? I've been featured on BuzzFeed. I've been featured on Vox. My poem has 20,000 notes on Tumblr. You slut. You stupid motherfucker. And then I apologize, and I have to release a formal apology to my 10 fans. Right. Right. (laughs) And I go on YouTube, and I go to like the dog park and I just take a video of all the dogs and then it cuts to me and I'm crying again. 
I think some that nice cool shots of sunbeams, you know, like at the thing dusk. about us is that we're different types of men. We're not these macho jocks. We're these sensitive poets. We're not like the other guys. We're not like the other guys. You can like you can come to Boost House Midwest, and I guarantee you'll be safe. You'll be safe. Just 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 come. Just please come. Just you'll be safe. If you come feel threatened anywhere. Us. Just please come. At any time, any poets want to come here. You can just live here. It's fine. Just live here and write a poem. It doesn't matter how long it is. Um, we currently have two other poets in residence here at Boost House Midwest. Um, another prospect, possibly as well. So it's very exciting. Well, I wish you wouldn't discuss that, but okay. Well, we don't have to right <sighs> now. You know, I just anyway. I don't want to get caught in a very long sigh because if I catch a melancholy, I will have to go lie down, and then this podcast will never happen again. So I just I think we have if a we're going to respect, and then we'll, we'll move right. on. We're discussing uh, the other posts. It's so that the thing here. about this is, is my kombucha. It's just so thick as syrup, and it's actually moving. You can feel it moving down. It's just kind of like, uh, like, like. When the sink backs up, the texture of that stuff. Mm. It's um, almost like a slurry. The nice. first poet that I'd like to discuss that's here is um, our small friend, Ben. Uh, that's just Ben. No last name, just Ben. And we had never heard of him before he actually moved in, actually. Our little homunculus. He has, he has really surprised us with his just lust for life. Um, he's a little pervert, man. You know, he sleeps in a drawer. He's so tiny. Uh, he comes in during the day, and he just starts yelling and, and stomping around and talking about the hoses, and we just clap and clap and clap. He's such an inspiration. I love you know, he he keeps filling up. Bo- I've written Oh, would you like to read one of the poems, poems you've, about him? You've written about him? Oh, yeah, okay. Because um, we can talk about well, him all day, but, you know, why don't we speak people? Why don't we use our craft to tell people of him? You made me watch an anime on Netflix that disrespected women. I couldn't masturbate that night. I kept thinking of all the women out there damaged by this cartoon. And there's nothing I can do about it. And that poem is called Ben's Night Part One. Wow. I wrote that, and this has nothing to do with you know ben you know every i don't want to say any of my poems are truth because did you read that the slam last year you read that the slam. i read that i i did not read this at the slam because ben did not oh, you read it you there wrote, by that you read a different one i'm sorry uh, i read the um i read a, a selection of poems about my ex-girlfriend current girlfriend at the time right which just like my relationship with her is postponed so those poems will not be coming out, which is rough because, you know, my f- whole first book of poetry was about her. And all of those 20 pages of that 1599 book, you know, those are just lost to the wind. Right. That she, PDF haunts me. She was a large inspiration for you, and she told me a lot about it when um, you guys were on hiatus and her and I uh, were in the hammock that night together. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just a little sick all of the time. Me too. Um, 
I always, I'm a little bit you know, under the I weather, think there but... is something about depression that just kind of makes your immune system shut down a little bit. Yeah. And that's why we go through so much Kleenex here. Well, we also, you know, you know, masturbation. Right. So, um, anyway, moving along, talking about Ben. Uh, do you have more? One more poem about, oh, I have a couple more poems about Ben, you know. I want everyone to imagine me lighting a candle and dimming the lights right now. I want you to close your eyes and you imagine me. Um, For those of you listening, he really is doing this. I can see him. I'm here with him right now. Uh, could you do me a favor, yes. uh, Jerome? Mm-hmm. And descri- while I do this, describe what I'm dressed like and what I look like to the audience. Well, you're wearing a nice, you're wearing a nice uh, Wrangler, Wrangler jeans. You're wearing... The three different cardigans of three different colors. I don't know why you're wearing three different three different cardigans. It's cold. It's summer. It's extremely cold. It's seventy one degrees in here. It's, it's extremely a, a cold. Knitted beanie. That's a nice burgundy color. Uh, he has a bit of. Well, you have a bit of, I think, dogwood pollen in your beard, and he is. Describe wor- my beard in detail, please. It's very large. It's very straggly, unkempt, um, rather disgusting. Uh, he looks like a homeless fisherman. A thinking man's beard. Right. Uh, we don't have, we don't subscribe to most of society's grooming standards because that's only subscribing to the way they think and the way they move and the way they live. And that's not what Boost House Midwest is about. Joseph is also wearing. Absolutely no shoes and no socks, and his I large never do. feet are. I don't have anywhere quite to go, dirty, especially on the soles. That's because we never clean our floor. Oh well. Um, I'd like everyone to realize that I'm wearing three cardigans because, as um, Jerome said, I do suffer from wimp bone, just like he does. We both went to the doctor, and he said, "You guys got wimp bones because you don't drink any milk." And I would never drink milk. It's, I think, meat. I think milk is meat. It is So meat, I'm not going right? to do that. We're vegan it's here. It's meat. We're all yeah. vegans. Yeah. And no, I mean, normally except, you're wearing... Except Quentin's still born. But well, he's a demon. We'll get into Quentin later. We won't talk to him now. Right now is about Ben, because you set the mood, and I don't want to think of Quentin. All right. And before I get into my poem, I'd like... I think it'd only be fair if I described Jerome here. And um, Jerome is wearing a very high-waisted khaki that is rolled up into shorts. Um, I don't think it can roll down anymore. I've never seen it rolled down, so I think it just kind of crusted over into that. He is wearing Tevas, the very popular sandal, and he is wearing a brown belt, and he has a white T-shirt tucked into it with the sleeves rolled up. And on top of his head, he's wearing a beanie, and he has the sort of facial hair that would be reminiscent of like um, a guy who just got laid off about a week ago where it's starting to come in, but you can tell he just stopped caring. And you may think that, but he, were to, re, he, he manicures that look every day by trimming it down just the slightest bit. I like the, let way, me get I like into, the way I look. Um, let me get into this poem real quick. Right. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just... Get comfortable whenever you're ready. 
There's no rush here. All the candles are lit. I'm really wearing my way into this computer chair that we rolled up to a big industrial spindle that we use as the table. And this enormous, um, our enormous hemp couches that we sit on, they're made of hemp. Oh, they smell so bad. They're made of hemp and wicker, and they're... It's like like sitting on, they're filled with potatoes. They're about 40 years old. (laughs) Those potatoes have seen better days. Well, they're stuffed. They're stuffed with... um, they're stuffed with. I, I, mean, I think I'm more not hemp. Sure. It could be more hemp. I think it's hemp think on hemp on wicker. There's a lot of burlap bags in there that's stuffed in there too. A lot of burlap. If you bags. fall asleep on it, you wake up scratchy and bugs, and it's not mm-hmm. good. But you know, it looks like who are these guys with their crazy house and their artistic ideas? You know, I want, I want them to save me. And in turn, I will save them. Well, we have I'm, I'm we have about eleven cats, so the couches smell a bit like cat urine, but we're used to it. I mean, if you live with animals, you shouldn't care because you love them, and love is really all we have, other than like vitamin C medication we have to take for our wimp bones. Namaste. We're all animals here. We're all animals. So I want to lay next to you while you stare at the ceiling, unmoving. You are my little piggy. I am going to tell CJ to call your phone to harass you. And when your <laughs> lifeless body is unable to answer, I will be able to jack off. This is not a poem. This is not a poem. And I am going to do this. That poem is called Ben's Plight, Part 1. Oh, wow. I really love how you, you um, really drive it home that it's not a poem and it's more of a threat. It really gets in the head of um, maybe someone who is feeling very visceral emotions. To feel cerebral, right? Mm -hmm. I think almost all the best art in the world, um, you know, Catcher in the Rye, um, and many others, like Catcher in the Rye. I was about to say, all the. That was was one of my favorite books I read um, next to Harry Potter and The Secret. Those are my favorites. Uh, I will say. I like the f- Eat, Pray, Love a lot. Ooh, also a classic. Except the I didn't like the Eat part that much, but Pray, Love was pretty good. Um, love is number one. Um, for me, the first poetry I really read was in the I Spy books. Uh, there's the Spooky House one. Those I found very oh scary. Oh my god, but I remember I, that. Eventually, eventually, I beat it. I finished the book. Um, and I remember, even the, despite your fright. Right. And I remember the Where's Waldo books were very similar. They didn't have the poetry, but you could almost call them visual poetry. And I remember very, very vividly the, the beach scene, the spread, where there's a woman laying down and you could see there's a, a child putting his ice cream cone on her back. And she was jumping up in shock and you could see her huge cans. And I thought that was really cool. It was a nice little like Easter that. egg. But do you know what? I like that, but I hate myself for liking it. No, I'm just too honest to say otherwise. I want to be the good guy and say that that's wrong because it is. But also, but on I the other g- hand, guess part of me is a little twisted. Well, there's a little. We all have our demons within us. Another, um, I, mo- some people s- often cite him for his poetry and his so very famous his very famous works. Um, Dr. Seuss, the great Dr. Seuss, I'm not a fan of personally. I believe he is a racist. 
Um, I will say this. I think it's um, sexist to assume Dr. Seuss is a man just because you hear doctor. Well, I know for sure. I believe Dr. Seuss was a woman because why wouldn't she be a woman? Well, he was indeed a man. He was a real person. And um, I believe in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the... The go- the who's the who's the villagers were goys and the Grinch was a Jewish person trying to get rid of Christmas. So I believe there's a little bit of anti-Semitism in there. Um, Green eggs and ham. The character of Sam I am pesters. Should. The character of Sam I am pesters what I believe is a Jewish person to eat ham throughout the book. He won't stop harassing them. Uh, the cat in the hat. He was a beatnik or a jazz, a jazz person, you know, the get in the hat. And I'm not being racist. That's just how they talk. Right. Um, no, it's a hundred percent. I remember when Mike Myers played him and they, that's essentially blackface. He is, he is basically this jazz guy and he's, you know, emerging into the suburbs and causing trouble. And he's releasing right. thing one and thing two, where obviously we're R and B and rap. Yeah. And causing a whole ruckus. So I'm not a fan of doc, Dr. Seuss, <laughs> but I do respect his rhymes. Right. You know, it's just a lot going on with um, the poetry world and a lot of, you know, arguing in there talking about who's a good poet, who's not, who's racist, who isn't. The coolest thing you can do in the scene, in the poetry scene nowadays, is figure out what's racist because nobody knows. Maybe even possibly try to be the most racist, um, possibly write the most racist one you can think of to show people that this exists. but, But to try to end racism. So, I mean... It's really a shame that this country has turned its back on poetry when there's such amazing things going on right now. You can go on Tumblr. You can look. And, I mean, we got heroes out here, Rupi Carr, that are just writing the most minimal mm. sentences. Wonderful. And they're just wonderful, minimal sentences. Mind just blind. like oh, sociology 101, just telling us why things are bad. And it's so good. And it's so good. And she's so hot and i want her to stay in boost house i'm sorry i'm sorry that i said that i apologize for my sexuality i will never apologize for my sexuality well i am joseph i will tell you never feel sorry for feeling all you can hang on to in this world is feeling all of our feelings are not only right but all of our feelings are good that reminds me feel do you mind if I, uh, I'm, we're kind of, we kind of jump around, uh, which is fine. That's, you know, there's no, there's, poetry is not linear. Feelings are not linear. So, however I mean, we do you the show today. I read it in the line, but I understand what you're saying. Well, um, do you mind if I read a, a poem really quick? It would be my great pleasure to hear another fine poem of yours. Okay. Thank you. Um, one second. I'm sorry. Are you crying? <clears throat> no, I'm. I'm just preparing. Okay. Are you having an upset of wimp bone? Uh, I almost. I, I felt like maybe a little panic attack coming on, but it's passed. Um, you better I take like poem. four milligrams of Xanax. Yeah, and it's okay because it's not drugs. I need it. I need it. That's why I take it every day because I have a panic attack. I'm not every prescribed day. it, but I do need it, and I. I'm just like I'm not I buy it off the internet not- from a guy named Chafe. This poem is called Stream. A glow, the pulse, razor death adder, 
basketball shorts, starter, light blue, shimmering, shimmering, frame rates, a tear, a tear, movements, mechanical, tactical, a shift, a space, enter, a streak, a death, destruction, pain, pain, mom yelling, not good. Thank you. That was amazing. I felt like I was put on a roller coaster and shot through a gamut of your emotions. And I feel like I came out at the end of it a better person. I feel like my skin right now is trying to fall off and I'm ready to slip out of it. Now, is that a metaphysical thing or referring to your eczema? Uh, Both. Me too. Um, I feel quite weak right now, and I'm not sure if that's the power of your words or the fact that all I eat is peanut butter and. It Xanax. could be that. It could be that um, unknown strain of kombucha that your uncle made in his filthy shack. I can see it floating around. It's 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 very it's, it's very it's very viscous. It's it's not very yeah. consistent. It's not really so much. It's a like liquid. oil and water. You put it up to the light, you get a prism. Let me let me. Let me I mean, let me see. Look. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. But I, tr- that's give probably it a why taste, your stomach hurts. Give uh, it a taste. On top. Oh, I mean, when in Rome, right? Right. When in Boost House Midwest. Ugh. Yeah. See, Ugh. You gotta keep it down. It's not gonna help unless you keep it down. Uh, I don't want to swallow it though. It's it's kind of like an antibiotic, but also oh a biotic. Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking puke. If the amazing oh, thing so about gross. it's fine, you just got to get used to it. The fine thing about my uncle Rick's kombucha is that if you drop my acne medicine into it, it just turns to water. Oh my god, <sighs> feels like my entire throat is closing. I'd like to read a poem, please. Okay, I'm going to recover over here. You said that adulting was like a second puberty and that instead of a period, you got misogyny. (laughs) I know what that means. And I nodded. At your father's lake house? I'm sorry, I defended Bill Cosby. (laughs) And that poem is called Blossoming by Joseph Rogan. No relation. When did he, when did he write that? Um, that was, I wrote that shortly after me and Andrea's breakup. Mm. I won't say her last name here, but she Andrea works Corkbone, for... She's a very talented poet. She, her name is Andrea Corkbone. She's a very talented poet. She works for Vox Media. She's in charge of a lot of... Uh, memes and she writes a lot of articles on guys that are sad on the internet. She makes a lot of articles talking in uh, gifs, 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 however you prefer. Right. We don't just a lot of Game here. of Thrones based content. Mm-hmm. Harry and Potter. I'm super proud of her, and I'll always love her, and I'll always return her calls. And I wish I could say the same for her. Well, but I has guess she not talked to you. Has she talked to you recently? Has she talked to you? Um, no, she is not. Mm, she was texting me yesterday. Um, um, Anyway, I uh, so yeah okay. We did you ha- you said you had another Ooh. 
That's all right. It's all right. Um, she's out there and she's living. We're all living If you're here. hearing this, Andrea, I'm sorry. She knows you're sorry. She forgives you. Trust me. She told me that. You said you had another poem about Ben, or did you want to read something else? Um, I'd like to read this poem. Sure. And I would... Sure. And I would like to dedicate it um, to Andrea. I imagine you with an orc in a 1978 Camaro, and he is putting his large green arm over your shoulders. You are wearing his leather jacket and look at me with an expression of mixed defiance and apology. I hope he has not used psychology on you. I will respond to your text messages and offer to hold you when you tell me he hurt you and you will not respond back. And in the parlor, I will jack off to a picture of you in a one-piece bathing suit. That poem is called Paradise's Cantrips by Joseph Rogan. No relation. That's excellent. Uh, If you don't mind, I'd like to take a few seconds to stand up and gaze at the stars, and then I will be able to resume after re-energizing myself with Cosmic Wonder. While you while you recuperate, recover a bit, um, I could read another one of mine. Uh, let me see here. What do we have? Let me just grab my mole skin. Um, this one, a real mole. This one is called "Permission to Be." Can I stay? Can I go? Can I live? Your eyes speak more than a hundred tongues. A serpentine song. I exist. A spectral. A clue. A billion breaths. A check mark. Only yours. You have been blocked by this user. <laughs> That's permission Sorry, I'm to be. Very- I'm quite ill. I'm quite ill. And that poem was such a tour de force that I almost felt my gut jump out through my throat into my mouth. And all I want my mouth to do mm. is say I love you. And I don't want it to jump out fluid that's made from Uncle Rick's Uncle Rick's <laughs> fertilizer-based kombucha. That uh, was true. <laughs> Oh, wow. I think the thing that impresses me the most about your poetry is um, your clever wordplay. Well, thank you. I'm very flattered. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near as good as I could be, and I'm always getting better. When I think of the greats, I have a particular person in mind. Um, I mean, the greatest poet of all time. Well, oh, I, I, I guess I won't say it. Why, we'll do it on three. Okay. Do you want to count it down? Okay, uh, let me catch my breath because I have actually cried We're so going much that I'm feeling We're going through a lot so of dehydrated, different. and my mouth is dry because all the spare liquid in my body. There's a lot of people in allergies. Um, stream of it's tears. Hereditary. Um, uh, I mean, just night, like you're just crying. I feel more than most people. You know, I feel more. I do more. I, I mean, I do other, less, but I feel more. Uh, the other day, you found one of uh, Andrea's socks on the floor. 
and you sat in your room amazing. for hours just holding it and crying and you were you were crying and the tears were spewing out of your eyes forthward and they were like a sprinkler and they were just like right. sobbing they're shooting out and everything was soaked in salty tears and you're going like <laughs> and you couldn't even breathe and i tell you it was something to behold i i would rather be holding her Instead of just something, a material item. But, you know. Anyway, um, we don't have to dwell on Andrea. We can dwell on the good things, our inspiration. Um, So the greatest poet of all time. All right, let's count it down. All right. Greatest poet of all time is one, two, three, you. You. Oh, my God. Are Are you kidding me? You are the greatest poet. How can you say that? It's you. Let me get the mirror. It's you. And I am looking at myself in the mirror, and I am also holding a double-sided mirror, much like you are, up to myself. You have several bags in your eyes. You look... Again, I'm very tired and dehydrated. I've been crying for about most of... For about the last most of my life, I've been crying, you know... You know, puberty wasn't good, and, you know, after that, it's mostly, you know... You know, I had postpartum depression for, like, probably, like, four (laughs) years because I thought that Andrea got pregnant once because I forgot how to use a condom. And we didn't have sex, but I was just thinking, like, what if we did, and what if I don't trust myself? But I kept asking her and asking her, and she just, you know, kept asking me what I was doing there so late. Don't I have somewhere to be tomorrow? And I said, no, I don't. I never have anywhere to be. I want to be with you. And then she had to go to work. And you kept telling her. I remember you told me. You kept telling her that you, want, you need her to shut that nut. You need to shut that nut. I need she, to shut the nut. She refused. It's scientific. If I don't shut the nut, I'm going to get aggressive, I told her. You better help me shut that nut. You better. I don't want to get aggressive. I don't want to hurt you. That's why you need to help me shut the nut. That reminds me of a, a poem I wrote. <sighs> uh, let me... Um, I, I wrote it a few months ago. Uh, You're going to have to delve into the moleskins, yeah. which I, I find extremely uh, remarkable about you is that every time you write a new poem, it's one moleskin per poem. <laughs> yes, well, um, maybe possibly a bit erudite, but, you know, I can afford it, so it's not a problem. Uh, oh, here it is. Here we go. Uh This one is titled Netflix. Let's go nowhere. A couch, our coach. We've seen this before. I don't like horror. You're so cute. Under a blanket. I can smell my balls from here. This movie sucks. (laughs) I love you. You bitch. I, I think what comes through in your poems is... A feeling of rawness, a feeling of sadness, a feeling of great horniness, and the word bitch is probably your calling card. And you don't mean that in a misogynistic way, because I know you're a sensitive man who had never hurt a woman, despite, you know, the the allegations both of us have had that we've never do that. We we've both been acquitted, so people the things uh, they say. Leave the, the past in the stalking. leave the past in the past. Uh and I'm actually not allowed to talk about it. But um Did you have another poem Um, uh, that you would like to share with me? This poem is from my 
second book of poetry, um, Oats and Aspartame. <laughs> Oats and Aspartame by uh, Joseph Rogan, No Relation. And I think you'll see within it themes of psychosis, pure carnal lust, um, depression. You'll see anti-fascism. You'll see pro-fascism. You'll see fashion. You'll see racism. And you'll see an end to all racism. <clears throat> you were an orc in bootcut jeans. And I was the concept of everlasting war. I want you to hang the mace, to hang your mace, on the barbed wire fence that is my heart. Wow. And I wrote that after my brothers, all of my brothers killed themselves. <laughs> but all of your brothers, your brothers all, they all went to Ivy League colleges or universities. They're all very the successful same and married. And it's all the exact same thing. They gave up. Whoa! Wow! See, this is why I said you're the greatest. But I'm, I'm but you're done. the greatest. I'm done. I'm done. No, you blow my mind every more. day, man. Every day with this stuff. I mean, we come in and you know we go and we buy our cheap beer and we drink it and we message women online. Even though we're straight and we rarely, edge and vegan, we're rarely ever, ever, ever writing poems, and mostly we're just trying to talk to girls on GChat. And, um, you know, usually that's when Quentin comes in. And um, oh, for Quentin. those of you who don't know, Quentin Stillborn is a poet in residence at Boost House Midwest, just like Ben. I will, say, I will say he is a genius. Time. He is a genius. He is a genius. And yet? But he is a dark man. Very dark. He is. If, if you could imagine Quentin Stillborn, he is about six foot six. He is about 120 pounds. He only wears black. He has bangs that go over in front of his eyes. His, he's a natural blonde. He dyes his hair black. He wears mascara. Um, he has to constantly shake his hair out of his face, even though the hair in the back and the sides is very short. He just enjoys He blasts the Evanescence constantly. Listens to a lot of Evanescence, a lot room. of dark, gothic music like Evanescence. And Metallica. A lot of Counting Crows. And, um, you know, he, well, the, the most, he's movie. an interesting person, you know, he's, when I first met him, he was carrying around this barometer and I was like, Quentin, why are you carrying around this barometer? What's that for? And he kept flicking it to test it. And I looked and he, he showed me the label and it was a barometer that just said, depending on the humidity above 50% humidity, white wine or red wine and below 50% humidity, white wine red wine and white wine that's all he's about and he will get really stressed out if the humidity is just on the edge because he wants to know what type of wine he's drinking and he will drink wine all night and we would never see him in the morning it's almost like he disappears and you you'll be laying in bed and then all of a sudden your your bed, bedroom light will be flicked on he's standing there and he'll down an entire glass of a red wine or white wine whatever he's drinking on that particular day and he'll gulp it down and then he'll flick the light off and it's like did i just dream that did i dream that last yeah. night or did that really happen he's he wants to invoke an experience and he's you. always that's why he's more than a poet he removes the doorknobs from our, our bedroom doors so he we traps can't get us out. in our bedroom <laughs> he removes the doorknobs and he will slide under you know <laughs> just like pieces of paper with threats on it and little tabs of lsd or xanax and him? he you find him slithering across the floor like the Grinch, and you he never know what he's up in. to. 
He presses himself. He's like a T-1000 because he can enter the room whenever he wants. (laughs) This poem here, this is a poem I wrote for my upcoming chat book, Once Upon a Kofifi, which is (laughs) aimed exclusively at... um, the commander I'm a part in of the resistance. Yeah, the commander in Cheeto. And I'm part of the resistance. I retweet Joanne Reed. I love my favorite comedians, Jen Kirkman. You have that rose emoji in your in your display name. Which I have the rose emoji. I have the donut emoji. I have the toilet and the doctor. You have the three parentheses emoji. around each end of the name. Each single one. I just like being part of culture, so I do that. This poem is called "Women Doctor." I believe that all women are doctors. I believe that all women I meet are doctors. I am sorry for all the women I have had sex with. Instead of saying, your brain is so huge, please tell me all of your ideas. I wish I didn't have sex with you. Wow. And you impregnated me. Giggas bumps. With your concept. And that poem's called Women Doctor by Joseph Rogan. No relation. You can follow me at, at Joseph Rogan Poet, Poet Man uh, on Twitter. And Instagram, me. LO, Facebook, yeah. MySpace, LinkedIn. You can, um, you can email me at muad, muadib69. Muadib, uh, you know, that email's old, but it's, you know, I got a lot of stuff signed up for it, so I got to stay with it. I made it in high school. Don't judge me by it. Right. And, um, Dune is a very imperialistic and gross novel, so I don't wish to discuss it. Even though I've never read it, I've read an article that um, Andrea Corkboard of Fox, who you can follow at Andrea Corkboard Fox at Twitter, and you can also follow her Instagram. She's got a lot of nice pictures of her and her new boyfriend <laughs> on there. Um, she still texts me every night, and she's doing very well, uh, despite her missing Boost House very much. And. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's the kombucha. I just think I'm really sick because I'm such a wimp. Well, we discussed. Um, we discussed. Uh, I'd I'd like to say my. Um, you know, we've gotten on. You know, we've talked about Quentin. We've talked about. Uh, talked about Ben and how we talked about Andrea. And I'd like to. Um, this is my my last in my series of poems about Ben. Okay. Um, as. I say this, Ben has come galloping out of the dresser drawer he was in, and he jumped and he landed on the ground and did a 360 spin, and then he ran to the doors under the sink, and the cats have pushed up against it, and now he is stuck under the sink. He'll be fine. He'll fall asleep in there. He'll be fine. Um, The thing about Ben is that we haven't actually seen any of his poetry or any of his work yet. He says he's more of like a... um, performance artist performance mm-hmm. autist and he just kind of does shit you know and well, he hasn't paid us any money and we, he, we give him beer we can afford it it's, it's fine but you know right but you know i'm really waiting to see kind of what he comes up with I'm i think really he's working on something big we're, we're gonna it's get been about like seven months since he's been here and i think he's been working on something we're really gonna get big. something like the divine comedy you know something great right um right. but i mean he keeps filling up the house with box fans you know every time we come home it seems there's like two or three Gym more shorts. in the house yeah he keeps uh, getting Gym shorts. Uh, there's hundreds of empty bottles of Mia water enhancer, orange tangerine flavor. A lot flavor. of kind of there's half love lavender, half death threats to Grace Spellman. Um, 
who he's in love and with. And most other women in media, well, he, he just kind of... He hoards all the chips in his, in his uh, cubby, and he sits in there all day listening to churches, and he says he's right. dating a girl from it, which we know... We I mean, know it might be not. true. Um, we, we know no. he's not. He's not. Because the thing not. is, you know... If you want Ben to get upset, all you have to do is just like print out a bunch of pictures of the girls from churches and you slide it under into his, you know, dresser drawer or under the sink where he's cleaning the time and you just hear like him totally just spazzing out and knocking he in. Shrieks. Yeah. And you know, if I was, you know, still with Andrea God willing and somebody sent me a picture of her, I'd just kind of cradle it and maybe wear out the lips on it. Right. What would this this would you poem like to say about Ben, yes. Yes, this poem here. Um, okay, I'm ready. Ben, you are my lamp, you little pervert. Your little dick will be the pull chain that turns the light on, and the rest of you will be the lamp part. You are such a little pig that I want to slather you in barbecue sauce. It would be easy to destroy you because you are as big as a frog and you're so stupid. You little <laughs> shit. Look at me when I'm talking to you. I am going to make CJ call you and pretend to be you on your phone. I am wearing your little gym shorts. They smell like a Wendy's burger. It would be really easy to stuff you full of sawdust. This is not a poem. 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 And that poem is called Pleasuring Ben by Joseph Rogan. It's very, very upfront. I wrote that. Um when I watched Ben pull home in his um, GM, GMC Sonoma, his 1999 GMC Sonoma one day, and I looked in the truck, and Ben eats almost only Wendy's, and he's allergic to gluten, so the, the back bed. cab, Ugh. The, yeah, the bed of the truck was filled with um, Wendy's buns just that have just been decaying, various layers of decay. At the bottom, it's almost fertilizer there has to at be the top. easily over 400 buns back there. I mean, three meals a day, Wendy's, every day. I've never seen him eat anything else. He whips He's them the out. kind of guy that goes to Wendy's and buys like 100 burgers, and then he'll stuff them in the fridge or the freezer or his pockets. Well, speaking of Wendy's, I have a little bit of a, I have a little haiku uh, that I wrote one day when I was with Ben, and I have it here. This one is called Ritual. It's a little haiku I wrote called Ritual. The girl with red hair. Number six, two double stacks. Forgot <laughs> napkins. Shit. <laughs> and the thing... <laughs> the thing about that haiku is it really challenges what a haiku is. Because haiku is a Japanese word meaning microperversion. Hi! Hi. And, so, uh, you know, haiku means microperversion, and you just created something that was both, you know, pain and pleasure. Now, we talked about your work and the things you've been working on. You asked me a little bit. I've told you my poems. Um, I hate, I don't like to really, you know, toot my own horn here, but I'd like to maybe do a little bit of plug. You know, I, I make, I do film work. Please do. Please do. Um, so would you like to hear about it? Um Yes, I'd love to. Honestly, it would be my pleasure. You're my favorite poet, my favorite person. So, my new film, my new uh, project is titled Stalks of Fennel. It's about a writer named Vance who moves to a seaside town, and he meets a girl with fringe bangs named Johnny, 
and they create a they spend time and they find that they enjoy each other's company and they begin to create a play together at, as winter approaches they're working on it and it becomes you know their whole life and they become sucked into this world where it starts to maybe blend into this play and into reality they don't know what's real what's not and they're in just this whirlwind of emotions and uh they wear a lot of mittens and knitted clothes that don't match and um near the end of the film it turns out that johnny she is actually married and was just working there at the hotel for the season and uh by the end they part ways but they'll always have that memory of that amazing you know that amazing autumn they spent together and uh there's a lot of cool shots um a lot of symmetry a lot of black and white a lot of steady steady cam um a lot of uh different cuts a lot of dream and, sequences and about four uh, or five i was really inspired by sequences. my favorite film of all time uh eternal sunshine for the spotless mind uh, <sighs> and the soundtrack for my project all the music was done by uh elvis de presley who did the score and it's um it's some really cool shitty lo-fi dumbass music and it sucks fucking ass uh so it was really but great it's cool because it's so bad that's like so cool no i love it and so i'm very excited about that and i just wanted to uh plug that in here uh if you appreciate if you like my work then i hope you like that too um since we're on it and we're both just massive creative geniuses i'd also like to plug um not just my, our work, but we like to plug. Right. We like to have sex. Um, God, it's all I think I'd about. Like, oh, God. Just, let's just keep it together until this is over. Work through it. Then we'll go to that laptop we share and figure it out. We'll just start messaging some girls, see if just whatever will happen. Will I've been happen. on Tinder this right. whole time, but uh, anyway, right, I know. Along. Oof, God, okay. Um, I'd like to plug my band, um, Sweater Weather. Yes. Yes, 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 Sweater yes, yes. Weather is a project. Um, it's a little bit on hiatus now, but we're coming out with our album. It is um, me and two of my ex-girlfriends, Andrea. <laughs> uh, I am playing the acoustic guitar. Andrea is playing the tambourine. And playing the other tambourine is my other ex-girlfriend, uh, Petunia Autumn. <laughs> And they never got along. And while I was dating Andrea, she never understood why I was in a band with my ex-girlfriend. And, you know, then we broke up and I started dating Petunia Autumn again. And it's been a whole big thing. But because of that tension, we've made a lot of really soft sounding music. I perform at a lot of coffee shops and I tap on the mic and I say, this is the worst sweater weather. And I'm really quiet and I have to go to the guy in the back. I go, look, I, this music's not supposed to be loud. I'm going to need you to turn me way up or nobody's going to hear anything. Um, our upcoming album is called um, I Would Like to Light a Candle by Sweater Weather. The album is a picture of me asking permission for both of my ex-girlfriends if I am allowed to light a candle. And they are giving Except me a mixed you're, response. You're, you're um, drawn as like uh, anthropomorphic rabbits wearing like flannel sweaters and cardigans. Right. And it's just kind of a warm overall Easter type of color scheme of yellows and blues and greens. It's very seasonal. Yes. I mean, you look at it and you almost kind of calm down a little bit. I like to stare at it and think of the bunnies as Andrea and not Petunia Autumn. And I just kind of think and I lose it a little bit and I disassociate and I just feel like maybe I'm in a 
like a sensory deprivation tub and warm water and i just feel like maybe this will just be something that can just finally end for once but um let me list you guys the tracks we have coming out um uh the first song on i would like to light a candle is called lighthouse eulogy the second song the second song is titled backseat picnic the third song is titled the professor's plum the fourth song is titled requiem for a her the fifth song is titled parsnips and parsley the sixth (laughs) sorry i'm very sick uh my the sixth song is called do you have this cardigan an extra small the seventh song i fucked up i shouldn't the seventh song is called bill cosby is innocent the eighth song is called the pugilist and the playwright the ninth song is called lazarus's libations the tenth song is called iridescent incubation the eleventh song is titled the prize pig's plight And the 12th song and the final song of the album, which is 23 minutes long, is titled Lost Love in D Minor, parentheses, He's Not Good Enough for You, Andrea. Um, and it's, we are it's going on tour. Absolutely an amazing album. I just want to tell you first and foremost, I, I've been crying the past two weeks since you gave me the demo CD. Um, I mean, all I really want to do is, like, take the pain inside of me and funnel it down to a little sharp tack and infect the whole world with my pain. I mean, last album you guys did, uh, Letters to the Lion Tamer, <laughs> I think I had more sex What, what, what was your favorite song on Letters to the Lion Tamer, if you don't mind me asking? Um, you know, I had so many that were... They hit me in a certain way. I'm... I'll say the. <sighs> My favorite song was "Happy Birthday to You," which I was it's taken amazing. to court for and taken off of the album. Well, you can only, you could rename it. You don't have to change the lyrics per se. Um, I liked. You I know, really I, liked... I feel like I'm a true artist, and I just won't compromise. It's just like Bill Cosby's "Innocent." Lots of people called for my head, especially since my sexual assault allegations, that are just that allegations. And I feel like, as an artist, I shouldn't back down. I feel like I should stand up for what I believe in, and I do not believe Bill Cosby is innocent anymore. But when I wrote it, I did, and why would I ever dare change that? I was pure at the time. I'll say I think my favorite song was probably "The Fox in the Lighthouse," which I remember. <laughs> My girlfriend at the time, um, she and I, uh, well, it was, you know, we've known each other for a very long time now, and um, we were laying in bed together, and we listened to it with each other, and I remember sobbing, and um, she was so fucking freaked out that she broke up with me on the spot, but uh, I still think of her all the time, uh, Jenny Kaminsky. She lives in Savannah, Georgia uh, now with her husband, who Jenny owns an airline. Kaminsky. 
she's a great person inside. She's been, she just, you know, she's been corrupted by she the outside factors. She's kind of been factors. corrupted, yeah, yeah. She by, fell by under men. the spell of wealth, you know. She fell she under ma- the spell of, of, of brute, brutish I, men. That- I know that someday she'll change her mind and I'll win her back. So if she's going to be, you know, if she's going to be such a huge bitch right now and ignore I mean, my everybody has letters, a different type emails, of man. then... You know, that's on her. But. You know, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. You know, everybody has a different type of man, and I think they always come back if it's true love. You know, that's why, you know, I haven't dated anybody since Andrea. I'm just trying to have sex with everybody. But, you know. You know. Um, one note at a time. I have, if you do not have anything else, I have one last poem I'd like to do. I also have them. one last poem. Do you want to, I can go first if you'd like to yours to finish this off. Um. You know, I would say that uh, I'm trying to decide what's more polite to go first or to let you go first. I will leave the decision up to you because I respect you so much as a friend and a gentleman. Okay, it's very quick. I'll, I'll read mine because I want yours. You're the much better poet, and I want you. I want this to close oh, up with the, the greater talent. <clears throat> this poem, stop it. I this poem I call medication for salvation. I'm never alone. I'm alone all the time. Are you at one? Or do you lie? We live in a wheel where everyone steals. But when we <laughs> rise, it's like strawberry fields. I treated you bad. You bruised my wow. face. Couldn't lo- love you more. You got a beautiful taste. And that's uh, an original poem that I wrote myself. That's amazing. How did you come up with that? I came up with it in my head. Uh, after that's amazing. Me and Jenny Kaminsky broke up. Oh wow! She I mean, me. I think love is is the main thing that you know is because there is no art without torture, and that's why you know you should always be subjecting yourself to constant pain I if agree. you really want to be the best artist possible. Well, Joseph, um, let's hear yours. Let's let's wrap this up. All right. Um, Take a deep breath. I'd also like to dedicate this poem to Vox.com writer. Andrea Corkbone, my ex-girlfriend, my current uh, love interest. Andrea Corkbone is my her life. name. Um, in case you need to look her up, he, he's always mistaken this name. It's Corkbone. Well, it's because I just, you know, I have a one-track mind. What can I say? <clears throat> um, this poem, dedicated to Andrea Corkboard, um, is titled, I Love You. Wow. I love you. You are so hot. You are so pretty and smart. You are so cool. I love you. Your big boobs are cool. Your hair smells good when you are wearing a shirt. I imagine what your boobs look like under the shirt. Your boobs are so big. They make me feel cool. Cool. I think my favorite thing about your boobs is just how big they are. Just like my favorite part of sex is the coming. I like to think about your boobs when I am riding my bike to the Kombucha store. And by Kombucha store, I mean Uncle Rick's shed. And when I am thinking about your boobs, it makes me pedal twice as fast. I want to see your boobs. You used to post your boobs online, and now you don't anymore because you work at Vox.com. And I deleted all of your nudes when I dropped my MacBook in the bathtub. And sometimes when I think about your boobs, I imagine... They are detached from you, and they are just floating boobs in an ether. And I close my eyes, and I lift out my arms, and I just start sucking the air, thinking that maybe, just maybe your boobs will be there. 
I want to suck your boobs and you're hot and you're cool <laughs> and I want to be your best friend but also your husband and suck your boobs every day. That poem was called I Love You by Joseph Rogan and that's going to be on my upcoming chat book. Clotted Cream. That's wild, man. I'd Some like heavy to... Stuff. Do you have any of your current books for sale that you'd like to plug before we head on and wrap this episode up? Um, I have the one book up at the moment. The other ones are... Um, they're in production, so they're not... They're, they're not sold... Well, they're, they're sold out, but I need to make... They need to be... More need to be made. So uh, right now, I just have... Uh, Take Wood and the Talisman up for sale. <laughs> but coming soon, I will have um, my latest my latest book, I Am Not a Racist. That's and beautiful. that will be up within probably the next two weeks. So My favorite anyway. thing about I Am Not a Racist is that the cover is you in blackface. It's, you know, a bit of like a twist on things because, right. you know, Cause it's, what is, it's maybe kind of my is. thing is black and white, contradictory, yin and yang. Yeah. Um, good and evil and white's good. Right. That's right. Um, so, my books currently for sale is, um, as I said earlier, Oats and Aspartame. That's being um, published by a Big White Guy, Soft Butterfly Kisses Press. Um and, you know, Oats and Aspartame, that's 21 pages. Um, Once Upon a Kafifi, which is a chat book, which is six pages. And Clotted Cream, it will be up soon, and that's a whopping 25 pages. And all of them cost sixteen ninety nine, and you can buy them at BoostHouseMidwest.com. Such a steal. I would pay seventy nine ninety nine for each. Because I it's can, just, because of my trust fund. It's just and limitless. It's a bottomless pit. Oh, just God, it just keeps going. Money. That's why we own this big stupid house that we share a bedroom in and girls won't come to us. Um, as a final note, I'd like to say if there are any female listeners out there, God, just come over. Okay, just come over. Just I'm going to be nice. Hang, you know, we'll, pay, we'll pay for everything. We'll, Talk. we'll get your plane ticket. We can we'll just talk. get your plane ticket. It's not a problem for us. If you're down on your luck, you just stay with us for a while. Just Guess come what? over, okay? Guess what? We're an Airbnb. If you want to stay here, but we won't even charge you. I'll write poems about you. I'll write poems about you. I'll care. I'll instantly forget everyone I ever loved and just transfer all those feelings onto you because it really doesn't matter who I love. I just have so much love to give. I don't care. Tell us what you want. Tell us what you want. Tell us what you want. We're poets. We're sensitive. He's wearing a beanie. I can't. I can't. I I wear overalls. Like they're just a normal cloth. I've never worn. My hands are soft. It's fine. We're normal. We're fine guys. Just tell us if you want us. All right. All right. Let's calm down. Um, You know, I'd like to, you know, thank our sponsors. Um, All right. We don't have any sponsors yet. We forgot that. Okay. I I would like to thank nobody. Um, This has been our first episode of Okay. So I wrote a thing with Joseph Rogan, No Relation, and Jerome Darapois. And please tune in next week where our guest will be just any girl just anybody just email me you can call however me you can hit my to, line you can tell me you need to contact me my every dm is open so all right do you want to say anything before we close say goodbye jerome 
I'd just like to thank you, Joseph, for having me on. I, you're my best friend. I love being here. You're my best friend. You're I'm the best writer I've ever met. I'm looking forward to working more. I'm looking forward to meeting everyone and talking to everyone. I'm looking forward to uh, the women we meet, especially. And it's not because, uh, you know, I want to have sex. It's just I'm very interested in uh, meeting them as people. So And seeing what their heart's like. I want to I want to explore their minds and their hearts. So I'm that's all that's all I got. All right. Well, that'll be it. This is Joseph Rogan and Jerome Dwyerpa bidding you adieu. Um, we will see you next week. Uh, before we go, let me just just I know this was like a big long podcast, but if you ever heard Andrea, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs>